Lonely Mountains Downhill, Gorogoa and Quirkle. This is staying in. Exciting times, everyone, for I have developed a superpower. I don't know what right. to do. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know whether to use it for good or evil. Definitely evil. <laughs> for some reason, over the last two weeks, <laughs> I've become very... My body has, has decided to develop a superpower that whenever there's an open window or open door anywhere in my house, suddenly my eyes start streaming attention juice and my nose starts <laughs> developing a, a waterfall which i can only assume that it's some sort of defense against some malevolent evil and then yeah. my 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 sinuses in my head pulse like i can only imagine pulse in peter parker to warn me of some sort of evil and then mm. i can go and close the door or the window and then all my all my 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 superpower dies away and then we yeah. wait we wait for the next for the next occasion. So I don't know really when to, how to employ this. I'll be honest with you. I think you'll be disappointed if you turn up to the Xavier Institute. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I don't think they'll be letting you in. No. I, I, I don't really know what you bring to the team, really. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> look, lot, look, look if, prof- if Professor X is just like, right, yeah. have we closed, have we, are we sure we've locked everything up? Every time they try to leave the house, Sam just runs in and slams the door shut. God's sake, Sam, we've got plenty of people to and save. As, yeah. And as long as it's between spring and summer, yeah. <laughs> and the temperatures are quite warm, and there's a bit of a wind, <laughs> my seasonal superpower will kick in, and maybe oh. I'll save the, uh, the X-Men from, from mm. disaster. But wait, it's- wait, wait, guys, wait. The Kleenex men. Thank you. <laughs> uh, other tissues are available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Andrex men. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so that, that's been my development. Uh, I found out whilst I was painting miniatures yeah. uh, with the door open on a nice sunny day, listening yep. to jazz music, uh, that I've now got hay fever, apparently. You know what I take away from that story? What? You shouldn't be painting miniatures. Maybe that was the cause of it. That's a poor takeaway. That's a poor takeaway. Have you ever had hay fever before then, Sam? No, but my never, dad... Never, ever? No, I've never, ever, ever had hay fever before. My dad has it, so it's in the family, obviously. And he's okay. a gardener, so he's, like, working on the Oof. front line. Like, he's, yeah. you know, he's just in a the trenches. for punishment. <laughs> yeah. He chases that pollen so, down. What's your so I I've had I don't know I, I I've had hay fever since I was like maybe f- well, 12 13 and I like it comes in peaks and troughs like this is really exciting Sam because you grow like a, growing it I guess as an adult like <laughs> what's been your what's been your what was your what were your thoughts towards hay fever before having hay fever? Like, how did you think, oh, people just get over themselves? Yeah. Or like, oh, oh. It's you know, just the sniffles. Really yeah, it's just the sniffles. And now what's your feeling about it now that you've got it? People people before this, people who had hay fever were always like, oh, we have to have the door closed. Like, I can't even have a window open. It's a lovely day because of old Sneezy over there. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, non-taken. I mean, I don't think anyone thought you were talking about me until. <laughs> but then, but then, like the other day when I would be sitting in a in a room and like my symptoms would start and I'd be like, 
there's a window open somewhere. Mm. Someone's got a door open somewhere. And I'd have to hunt it down and close it. And then my symptoms would dissipate. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a bit of an... It's, I, I can understand. I think that's the other thing. Like, I can understand why people get so annoyed with it. Because they are the most annoying and inconvenient symptoms. Especially on a lovely summer's day. When I guess that's when, like hay fever is at its highest like a street like i was painting miniatures and my nose just started streaming i was like oh blooded sand like it's gonna put me off my flow and like the sinus pain all that kind of stuff and when you're outside and you just want to like enjoy the weather it's just yeah you, you feel people, you feel like it's like when winter people, when people say you know you walk out to things people go oh can you smell that and you're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> what have i done <laughs> so Sam, I had hay fever as a child and I fortunately I've started to grow out of it. I had it so bad that every year I would have a steroid injection. Oh my oh. god. And literally I would just go out for into like playing in the fields and I'd just come back and I'd look like um, Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. <laughs> what, what which age? Not the Oh yeah. <laughs> come back when he just came out of the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the slim age. Um, I remember my parents, we went to Holland when we were kids, the Netherlands. Oh, God. And I, remember go- I remember going to basically what I can only describe as some kind of flower theme park, where, which was basically just, it was called Kirkenhof, and it was just pure torture. I saw every colour of tulip you could imagine, and I inhaled all just, of them. Just, uh, just, just, like, I'm just imagining like, I'm imagining one of those roller coasters that like holds onto your body and your legs dangle underneath. But like the big thing is that you just go through bushes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Everywhere you would turn, there would be flowers. You couldn't escape the pollen. Oh, it was horrible. Have you found the antihistamines that work for you? Yeah. No, not yet. That's that's the important bit. Like as soon as you find them, there's a there's a oh there's at well, the height of it because mine, mine's sort of like died down a little bit. But the height of getting, um, uh, like in my early 20s, when I, when I used to get really badly, I found the antihistamine that I, that I had. And then basically, like, I would take it and within 10 minutes, I would literally feel my sinuses relax. Like, like, like you know, so when you get like a... Yeah, yeah, like... No, ah. he, he basically shoved, he shoved the tablets up his nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, that's the technique, the pro, the pro strats. Oh man, yeah, and it's so satisfying when you're just like, oh yeah, sweet relief. Oh, it's so nice. So it's gonna be a fun summer for you, basically. Yeah, we've got some like one a day hay fever tablets in the cupboard. I'll I'll pop a couple of those. Well, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pop a couple of those over two days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's tickled me so much. <laughs> Do you know what isn't grim, though, gents? What's not grim, Chris? It's a, a lovely little, a lovely little mobile game oh. that I've been playing. Okay. Actually, admittedly, on my tablet. Yeah. Called Goragoa. Goragoa. Uh, I seem to remember. I now, did this? When did this come out? Because I seem to remember thinking about this when. Yeah, this was a few years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it's about three years old. Mm. Although I believe the Switch version came out uh, um, fairly recently for it. Uh, it's 
it's the perfect tonic i think now it's mobile gaming in a manner that is very light touch and one that is feels utterly rewarding uh mm. it's predicated on a very simple mechanic and it just repeats that mechanic and it is just a really lovely satisfying experience it's a puzzler it comes from jason roberts and this is a real labor of love he spent about six years on this and he does all the art for it as well it's all painted by him and it's basically the story of uh, a man recounting remembering his life and it's told through moments that the player themselves physically stitches together and just imagine that all you see on your screen is a grid of two by two squares and it looks really nice on a tablet but i first played it on a mobile phone you can also play it on the switch as well i believe and essentially what you do is you've got these four images in this kind of grid you zoom in and zoom out of images you move some on top of each other and basically what you're trying to do is stitch together a complete scene and that's what moves the game onwards so it's almost like you've got four panels of a comic book that sometimes depending on how you coordinate them will become one or you know two panels will link you know horizontally or vertically so just say for example that in one image i have an injured man looking at a crow on a tree branch and then in the other image say in the top right hand corner i have the inside of a house with a painting of say a peach tree on it right and then at the bottom i have another image which is of a blue bowl on a chimney pot so what i can do is then i can zoom in on the picture of the man the injured man looking at the this raven on a tree and i see just this raven on the branch i then zoom in on the house which has got the picture of the peach tree on it and suddenly that tree becomes one the branch is linked so the raven is now on that tree branch with that peach right i then zoom in on the blue bowl and move it across and the the raven flutters on the branch it shakes the peach tree and it drops from one image into the image below it's caught in that blue bowl so you've got this really lovely kind of way in which the the different images interact with each other and overlap with each other okay and it's just really satisfying. It doesn't stay its welcome. It's short. It's sweet. Uh, my my partner was watching an, a Simon Reeve, an episode of Simon Reeve, and I completed the whole game within that episode of so it. How but long? It, I just stre- how long was that roughly? I did it in about just under an hour, I'd say. Do you know what? So this is Anna, Annapurna, is that right? Annapurna Interactive, yeah, and um, Buried Signal. They're, they're, I like their kind of. You, you know what you're getting with them. You always know yeah. that you're getting something that's kind of beautiful and that there's a sort of there's often a sort of melancholy to it or a a wistfulness to its storytelling i mean i know they've done different you know lots of different games but they tend to be sort of fiction focused even if that storytelling is quite is not like traditional linear right so like they did the port of flower i want to say for to the pc i didn't know that that's interesting i think they i think they did Uh, i think they published it in the very least and they did Ashen, which is very visually appealing, kind of combat game, a uh, very low poly game. And then, didn't you play? You would is it Florence? You Florence, yeah. So yeah. Florence, was, Florence, Florence is one we've we've talked about in the podcast before. And I think we've all played. We all played. I don't think I played it at the time that we we spoke about it, but I then went on and played it and thought it was amazing. Um, I'm actually I've got a, another Anna Perna game to play. Surely I haven't played it yet. Called If Found. Which hmm, I'm okay, really what's that? To playing. Uh, I can't go into detail because I haven't played it yet. I'll talk about it on a, on, a, on a future podcast once I have played it. But that's along the same lines as I think, kind of with Florence and what appears mm. to be with Gotta Goa. 
um, that idea of memory and storytelling. And I think there's something with mobile games that I think you, when you have that short space of time, that kind of that limited amount of time and you have to play the game really can enhance the creativity of the people designing it and knowing that you're actually going to have someone who might sit through this whole game because it's not something you're going to have to keep coming back to because it's going to take you 10, 15 hours. They're going to, they might play this all in one go. So there's a storytelling aspect that you can kind of yeah. click into that you couldn't with mm. a much longer game because you know yeah. you, there's a good chance you've got their attention for the fullness of this story. When playing Florence, Florence is a really short game, but you're kept hooked in. It can take you 20 minutes to play the game, but you stay in and you're hooked in and you... And become engrossed in that story which is something that can only really happen in mobile gaming because you're not really going to play that on a, obviously you can you're not really going to play that on a console potentially you, you play it on a PC but it kind of works best I think in that environment of being a mobile game I played Florence in bed yeah. and then my wife played it next to me straight after I'd played it and so within 40 minutes we'd both played it and could then talk about it yeah I like I, I, I think the um, the intimacy as well of, of playing it on a portable device is really like helps as well like with those those kinds yeah. of experiences like yeah. it's it's a very personal experience because you're you, it's just you and the tablet or it's just you and the switch or you know or the phone or whatever yeah I, I really like those kind of experiences and I, I do sometimes think about how in games you know there's a it's interesting when you look at like more traditional media right you have like so you have novels where you've got chapters and you kind of feel like the the author is saying okay this this you know chapter two and chapter three you could take a break between them at between those points because you've written it in such a way as to as to frame everything within that chapter as being part of that same scene if you if you know what i mean like you know it's all yeah. part or, or the same set of thoughts you know in in sort of you know traditional again linear storytelling whereas you look at like films and they expect you to not pause it they expect you to not walk away they expect you to sit there and look at the thing for you know an hour and a half to three hours or whatever it is and when you look at video games it's really odd because a lot of these games are like yeah this thing's 50 hours long and we're not really gonna comfortably tell you where the pause bit is like we're not really gonna, <laughs> you know you can you can auto save in the middle of an assassin's creed adventure right like yeah. in the middle of a mission and it's fine and you can you can literally just stand up in the middle of a scene and walk away and come back yeah. to it 20 minutes later or, 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 or two weeks later and it, so it's really it's really fun to have those linear experiences all in one go what a treat what a treat. why did you pick it up uh, uh chris what, what was it, it about was the... it was something about i was looking for kind of indie titles really that i could play satisfyingly on my mobile phone hmm. and and it just kept coming up as one that would be really good for me and I, I i couldn't really at that point invest a lot of time but i wanted that feeling of having played a game and uh, to its complete full experience really mm. and goragoa just did that for me um and getting a tablet and playing on the tablet was just really really satisfying mm. and you may think okay less than an hour is that a tiny investment i would say yes it is yeah. i immediately played it again yeah. uh just because there was some there's something so satisfying in the same way that one would play hook which I would argue is almost like an abstract, a more ab a more abstract version of this, because really what you're doing is you're just linking up sure. shapes. It just so happens these shapes happen to be very detailed images, sure. you know. And there's something really satisfying about that interlocking and that sliding of tiles across there mm. 
that just never gets old really mm. it's tactile and also there's there's a lot of emotional weight behind it as well um, a bit like Florence as Dan mentioned the, the mechanics of Florence are very simple but the weight attached to them isn't and there's that sequence isn't it Dan in Florence where you're when she meets this bloke and they're moving in together and like move taking her stuff and boxing it away to leave room for his stuff and there's something about that gesture yeah. of unpacking his stuff there it's a very simple mechanic it's not very complex but the weight attached to it just on your mobile phone it's really interesting yeah it's, it's about using the parameters of a mobile game to tell a story as opposed to just having a game and let's put a story on top of it it's we have a story to tell how can we tell this story using these mechanics and that's something that i think it does really really well i think there's also something to be said about about stories that know how long they should be yeah like when a decision for a length of a game is made based on especially if it's a game with a story a game's length is decided upon how long do we need to tell this good story versus how long do we think we should have it go on for so that people think that this is worth val that has a, a certain degree yeah. of value which you know like i'm all for those big budget like silly explosive games you know they're some of my favorite games in the world but like also it is nice to have games that just are like this is an hour long because if it's any longer than that like we've kind of outstayed our welcome where do you stand on the um the genre of visual novel or interactive novel where do you stand on that like because florence really is that isn't it essentially <sighs> is it though it is really i mean it that's what i'm asking really what are the parameters of that for you because for me a visual novel would be just like an inter you know a kindle that has animated I, I would, pages i would say it's while I would agree with you, like in a sort of like hypothetical sense, in that yeah, sure, that 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 could very well be that. I think when when it comes to games, I think the phrase visual novel has a very very specific set of parameters. In the same way that JRPG has this has like very you know any RPG made in Japan is is technically a Japanese role playing game, but clearly that's not the case. Clearly, when people say JRPGs, they tend to think certain things like crystals turn-based battles uh like you know a, a young man with a mysterious past uh meets a, a a girl who turns out to be a secret princess whereas the same i think is it, i think it's the same with visual novel visual novel to me is stuff like hakuoke or maybe stuff like oh what's that one uh, is it valhalla on the on the computer games, yeah, on the computer games. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something a, like V dash A one one. It's something, it's something like, that. like that. There's a there's a cyber. It's called like Cyberpunk Bartender or something like that. Yeah. Like, is it? Is a there's visual novels of that Hatterful Boyfriend, for example. That's a visual novel. Whereas yeah. I would say something like Gorogoa is is like is visual and is a linear story but i think if you went up to somebody and said this is a vn i think a bunch of people would expect oh no 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 i, I wouldn't yeah no gorogoa isn't that i'd say florence is more that than gorogoa gorogoa is ostensibly a puzzler that is just very yeah, I don't know. interesting i don't know I, I i think as i say i think it has i think it has more connotations in video games but i i take your point like it's very um it's it strikes me as very um like a moving graphic novel I have also, Sam, got a recommendation for you. Uh, oh, hang well. on. Hang on. Oh. I take oh, these no. things seriously. Paper okay. and pen. Here okay. we go. What's the recommendation? Okay. I thought you were reaching for like a kazoo or something like that. Oh, I have like, got one of those. Uh, uh, 
It's Pete's recommendation. <laughs> I love the fact that only Pete gets a jingle. Yep. Well, he's the only one doing anything. Go on. Yep, it's true. Uh, so, um, yeah, because uh, we never so, ever recommend anything to Pete, do we? Uh, well, there's recommendations and there's solid recommendations, uh, and um, uh, I think I think Sam, you'll get out, get a lot out of a game called Lonely Mountains Downhill. Hang oh, on one yes. second. This looks hang, great. Hang on, Chris. Repeat that. Sorry. Lo- what, what? Lonely. Lonely. How are you spelling that? The traditionally. Mountains. L- mountains. How are you spelling that? Traditionally. Okay. What, with a T? Yep. And then downhill, which okay. is where this podcast is rapidly going. <laughs> uh, is that two words or just one? Uh, one word. All right. Okay. Hang on. Cool. That's that Good. bit done. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> it's Pete's recommendations. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I think it's important to mention for the listener that when Pete says Sam's, it's like when the Queen goes to Edinburgh Castle <laughs> and Sam's out there like the bagpiper <laughs> yeah. with his kazoo yeah. every morning. I uh, yeah, I wake, I wake up in the morning at seven o'clock and I've just got a bright-eyed Sam stood over me blowing into a kazoo. <laughs> hang on, I, I actually... I, you did get the um, spelling incorrect because there's a colon. It's Lonely Mountains colon downhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Pete. This is the this is the uphill challenge. You've got oh, to. Um, it really is. Yeah. You've got to climb with this this recommendation because first mm. of all, one of my top five favorite games of all time is coming out on the Switch in four days' time. Oh yeah, what's that? That's XCOM Two, the collection. Mm. So that features content that I haven't played yet. So yeah. I am going to be getting that. And right. also, I've got a pre-order in for The Outer Worlds, which comes out on June 5th on Very the nice. Switch. So my Switch budge, budget <laughs> budget is, yeah. Is, yeah, uh, just to be clear. Is, is, is vastly inflating and expanding. So why should I spend, at time of recording, seventeen ninety nine on the Nintendo eShop for Lonely Mountains Downhill. Because that's what put me off it. I think you can save a couple of quid if you buy it on PS4. You could get it on a different platform. It is available on PC, PS4. It's probably on the Xbox as well. One of the things that I get the most enjoyment out of in games like Skate and Tony Hawk's and Grind Session and Rolling and Dave Mirror's BMX uh, and all of those other fantastic extreme sports simulations games is a feeling of zen-like control over uh, over the space and over the person right sure. and it's it's getting into that zone of oh i'm really like adept at using this whatever board bike wheels on your skates <laughs> to, to 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 navigate the environment and do what i have been requested to do Right, and Lonely Mountains Downhill has that in buckets, but it's also really straightforward in the same way that so it it feels weirdly. So, so to, what are you actually doing? Because so what you're doing is it's a downhill mountain biking game. Okay. In a low poly visual style, and I mean like good low poly. Not we we didn't have any art assets low poly. Um, and um, you are trying to get down. Uh, well, it's downhill mountain bike biking, right? So, like, there is a trail, and you should follow it, and you should try and set the best possible time that you can. 
you're by yourself. There's no other riders or anything like that. Just you and nature. And it feels a lot like... Did you play Skiing Yeti Mountain? Do you remember yeah, I, that? I was literally going to say... I thought, I'm going to bring this conversation down a peg or two if... If if I say, oh, that sounds like that skiing game that used to get on Windows 95. Oh, it's oh. amazing. That was amazing. Oh, okay, okay. So that, okay, right. Okay, so this is taking a weird tangent. That isn't what I'm talking about. That's a game called Ski Free, but Skiing Yeti oh, Mountain uh... was inspired by Ski Free. So in a roundabout way, we're all, we're all on the same page. We're all page. on the same page. Yeah, it feels like that. So it doesn't feel like Matt Hoffman's BMX and it doesn't feel like Descenders or anything like that. It feels like it's it's, it's own thing where you are a small little mountain biker guy or gal and you are going down these beautiful isolated mountains and you are going over sick ramps uh, and you're going downhill on these really like precarious um, rubble strewn uh, hillsides you are sort of rolling along these very very thin logs you're like trying to do these dead drops really technically complex stuff and 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 so, so, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to get this in my head. Is it when you're doing stuff over technically difficult ground? Is it yeah. like, is it like Trials HD, or is it a lot more arcadey, more mm. like sort of that dirt rally feel where you feel like it's just slowing you down, but it's not gonna like knock you off your bike? It no, it, it definitely it definitely feels like 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 the ground you are on has a a, a, a texture to it definitely like mm-hmm. it feels technically sophisticated in that sense i.e um it's the same way that like whenever you play on skate like you know if you're going across grass or if you're going across beautiful okay. smooth oh, oh, concrete yeah. right okay but the actual the actual play itself is from third person but you're looking upon the mountain and looking upon the person going across, going on the mountain, it's not done in a behind the the, the player like Tony Hawk's, and it's not done yeah. anything like that. So, this has quickly become my replacement audiobook game because you get into the zone of playing it, of like trying to get from checkpoint to checkpoint without failing, without without falling off, right? Because if you fall off your bike, you crash, something like that, you reset to the previous checkpoint. So you have to get through these technically complex areas in a really good, precise way. And it gets you into that zen-like mode of thought of just repetition and teaching your hands to mechanically do the things that you want them to do over and over and over again until you get it right. Again, like Trials, um, but with a a different... um, with a a very different feel to it. Like, it definitely isn't silly and over-the-top like Trials, which... That was good, but it definitely has this sort of sense of respect for the environment and melancholy and being within nature. Um, like the the soundscape is incredible. Like you'll go through the you'll go through the space and you will feel like you'll hear your the chain going through the through the you know the uh, the, the spokes uh, spokes cogs. What, what are they <laughs> not called? the spokes. What, what are they called? If the they're little... going through the spokes, you're. I mean, you, you'll be flying anymore. off that bike. What's yeah. the bit? The teeth. The, the gears. Teeth. The gears, gears yeah. Um, yeah. You can, uh, you know, you can really, you can really like. Um, you Did can, you hear that eye roll? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, and um, but yeah, like, and you, you hear it in the forest space. You're in, you'll, you'll go through these spaces that feel cavernous or really open or, uh, or really like confined or really like natural or dangerous or like hot. Weirdly, like it gets across like sense of heat quite well, which is quite cool. And um, yeah, it's. It's beautiful. Like it's a genuinely like 
very relaxing, even though it's also incredibly stressful kind of an experience of, because um, some of the challenges are very difficult. The game itself can be a real challenge, but you can get through most of it and unlock everything without, like I did it and I'm not very good at games, right? So mm -hmm. there are super high-end challenges that I, I will never be able to beat. Is it like is it like the three star challenges you get on mobile games? Like if you beat like or bronze, silver, gold. Like if you get this time, it's gold or that kind of thing. It's more like um, get through get through this entire thing without falling off your bike once, and it'll be like eight minutes of very complex riding, or like get through these spaces within this amount of time, or those those kind of things. But yeah, it's it's great, and there's like upgrades and customization and all that all that other jazz. But really, the core of it is just this very chill rides this really cool line between being really chill and really stressed like skate is like if you want to take it for that thing of like just relaxing and, and zoning out you it's there and if you want to take yeah. it for oh i really want to master this game that's also there it's the epitome of flow it's the epitome of flow you're absolutely right. No, that's that's bang on. It's exactly that. You get into the mind state of it. And like you it, it's funny, you get like, you know, you get into it and you get a few few races and you're like, yeah, I'll just have a quick game on this. And an hour and a half's gone. And you're like, what? Like, how did this happen? So it's had to become my audiobook game because I'm like, I like, you know, I measure my time in the game by number of chapters I've managed to get through. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm like twelve chapters more through this now. Like, I should really quit and go do something different. But yeah, I really love the idea of an audiobook game. We we have got a list. We we I mean this is dangerously because it's it's dangerously close to becoming an official list. Games to read to. I have a list. Oh, as well. well as breakfast games and uh, games that have to be served with a cup of tea. What's um, on the What's on the games to read to? I want to I want to know what we've said so uh, far. The games to read to. There's only two on there so far: Stardew Valley and mm -hmm. Truck Driver. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, you can add Lonely Mountains downhill to that. So so I'm um, Lonely Mountain. How are you spelling that? Oh god, Jesus Christ. Basically games which don't put abundant amount of pressure on you time wise, let's say. It, it it can. That's the thing. It's just it's that thing of like there's no there's there's not necessarily narrative. Like that 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 seems to be a big thing. You can go for long periods of time without narrative. That that seems to be a good staple of it of of the the genre of audiobook listening game there's a there is a definitive sense of flow and focus on a set number of small activities but with high amounts of detail within those activities yeah well well uh you see i'm in a pickle now because mm. uh, that sounds good because usually mm. i get that mm, i don't know like mm, okay We'll see. We'll see what happens on Friday when XCOM 2 is apparently coming out. So, um, I've been playing um, some games recently that have reminded me of my grandpa. Oh, um, and, and and in a good way. I don't know if I don't know if when you were a kid, like your grandparents taught you any games. Like my grandpa taught me chess, clock solitaire. Christ, that's a great game. Cribbage, cribbage is a great one for no, grandparents he didn't, he didn't to teach. Didn't teach you, but I do actually own the uh, mobile game Cribbage with Grandpa, yeah, which is a great, a yeah. really good uh, yeah, mobile yeah, yeah. game. And he also taught me one of the very few board games he had was uh, a game was a game called Upwards, which is like Scrabble, oh, yeah. but 
you can go over tiles that have already been put on the um, oh nice put on the thing. So me and my brother, he, my grandpa used to get really annoyed with me and my brother because we just like pile up the tokens just to see how high they <laughs> got. So we weren't we weren't allowed Lego. So this is like <laughs> weren't allowed Lego. Allowed Lego. <laughs> weren't allowed Lego. Well, they just didn't have Lego at my grandparents. So they didn't want us playing with it. So we just played with up. Yeah, right. Instead. Yeah, right. No, this is no. This is absolutely. <laughs> this is absolutely your grandparents. Like if we give them Lego. Oh, oh, there's no, there's no stopping what they're doing. <laughs> but a dictionary and upwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. We've we've got him. He'll have to learn. Begins building giant tower out of L's, <laughs> P's, and Q's. But like those kinds of games. Like yeah. since I started getting into board games again for the first time i assume i've not really played those kind of like abstracty you know like chess and othello yeah cribbage i guess though mastermind was always a great one so yeah so i've never really played those kinds of games since because like i've i've just been obsessed with like theme in board games and not really played much like really pure like abstracty kind of stuff sure and my and my wife doesn't really like abstract games anyway like things like hive and the the duke those stuff doesn't really go for so when coiled spring got in touch with me and they were like sam how would you like to play uh pentago and quirkle and i was like all right i'll give them a shot but i can't promise that my wife will like either of them because Mm -hmm. isn't they're not the game And, and in our current state i can't foist games on chris so it's like it's my wife or nothing in terms of like, getting these games played. <laughs> what a phrase! Uh, <laughs> sorry, darling. So I... Hi, Lisa. It's okay. We still like you. Yeah. <laughs> so then, a couple of days later, these boxes arrived. Okay. And there's Pentago and um, Quirkle. Okay. And so Pentago was um, this nice enough, nice little puzzle. Uh, you, it's it's the the big twist of the game is natural, like a literal twist, is that uh, the idea of the game is you've got to get five of your coloured balls mm-hmm. uh, in a line. And what you do is you take one of your balls, black or white, depending on what team you are. It's a two-player game. You put them into one of four quadrants, and then you can turn any one of the four quadrants 90 degrees after you've put your ball in. So the idea is, is that... <laughs> Is that you're trying to arrange your balls <laughs> so that when you subsequently turn one of those uh, quadrants 90 degrees, you'll then put all of your balls in a row. Yeah. If that makes sense. It certainly yeah. does. And the version I got actually came in this really nice um, travel edition, which comes with a case so you can put okay. all the uh, round spherical objects yes. in their holes and then put a little plastic lid on it and you can take it with you. So convenient that was, I was able to actually post that to Chris and Chris got that through the post. So I don't know how you found Pentago. Like it was kind of like a bit, it was nice because the rounds were exceptionally short. Like it's a very small playing space. So the game yeah. just like rattle along really quickly and it's got that, Mm. wonderful feeling that i think when like my grandpa would introduce these games to me it i think the thing that he always tried to press on me is like you know these are games that you learn but if you really want to get good at them you're going to sit down here and you're going to master it and that's what i got with pentago is like 
this is a game that's really easy. You just put things down. And you turn you turn like these quadrants ninety degrees. But if you really want to get good at it, like and you're and you've got a partner who also really wants to get good at it, it could be a really really incredible game. The, like the, where you're yeah. learn, where you're knowing like exactly what kind of moves to do. You're bluffing your opponent. Like it really has that scope and that depth in it. I think, Chris. Yeah, it, it's a game that does to a fellow what Onitama does to the Duke in the fact that you've got hmm. that revolution, that additional twist that Sam says there, which, funnily enough, actually makes it a trickier game for me. And I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that in a dismissive sense. I actually really enjoy these kinds of games. And as Sam says, it doesn't outstay its welcome. It feels like a game, despite you know its plastic travel nature, it does feel like a game that's been around for ages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can imagine, you know, instead of having this nice, n- nice, neat little pop and lock kind of twist of the different quadrants, actually, it would just be like a square stone bit of slate that'd be twisted round. You'd have white and black pebbles there on it. It does. It looks like a game that you think this could have fallen out of the 60s. Do you know what I mean? Like it does. It does. Mm. It does look like a game that feels like it feels like that really old school board game design. Not that. Um, what's it, is it called? Ameritrash? Not that. Not that sort of like mouse trap kind of like mm. old board game going down that angle, but the old board game going down the yeah like that abstract sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like much more. Hmm. No, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. What was the what Correct. was the one where you put the little pegs in? Uh, Ludo. Is it Ludo? Or frustration? Frustration? Maybe it was frustration. Yeah, frustration is the plastic coloured ones. Yeah, where that's you've got- it. Game yeah, of the life. Plastic coloured ones. Oh, that was a good game, Game of that, Life. That, those are pegs. Those are pegs in cars, though. Yeah, yeah. Still pegs. Yeah. No, Still that's true. I think yeah, maybe it was frustration or something like that. But yeah, it does. It does feel like those old like. Well, just use the. It, it doesn't matter. They, they don't have to be narratively represented human beings like doing a specific thing. It can just be an abstract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. I think. I think Pentago. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Chris, because I was kind of like, ah, it fits in an envelope. I'll send it to him. So yeah, no, it was. It's always nice to get something in the post, isn't it? But this was just really quite nice because I hadn't played an abstract game in a while, mm. and it it really kind of does scratch that itch. Everyone needs to have something of an abstract title, I think. Mm-hmm. If you if you're into gaming, it, it you need something that doesn't have theme, it doesn't have a skin at all. You just want to just yeah. enjoy the flow of those kind of mechanics without anything else distracting you. Well, stop. I'm going to stop you there, Chris, because oh. Pentago Pentago is one thing. But also included in this box that I got was a game called Quirkle, which from now on I'm going to have to pronounce Quirkle, um, obviously for reasons that will become very clear. Okay. So Quirkle is great because personally I need no reasons other than the fact that the game is called Quirkle. That sounds like how it should be pronounced. Yeah, it's the fourth game I own that had that starts with a QW rather than a QU. So could I just say could I just say one thing? Yeah, you no, said that I, like it was a brag. Before, <laughs> one thing before we go off on a tangent actually I'm going to go off on the tangent for a second okay. Sam I fear that your superpower has deserted you because directly behind you <laughs> is an open window is an open window but that's what I mean Dan I, I, did, I did specify that my superpower only exists during seasonal changes yeah, yeah. so 
I think I think I'm I think I'm also in that period of denial where I can't be my body can't be that old and tired that like pollen is defeating me. <laughs> <laughs> this Quirkle game. So my my understanding is that this is like an award winner, right? Like this, this is this like won the Spiel, Spiel de Jar, de Jar didn't This it? is like Spiel de, Spiel de Jar winning one of the, one of the top one of the top ten board games like of all time, like in some lists. I've never played um, this, and like I'm the same with you, like. Came across it and I was like, I have, like, I see all the awards plastered on it. Like, I yeah. see everything. I've never even heard of it. Like, I don't really think that my wife is going to like it. But hey, ho, let's give it a go. The first thing that made me like, kind of fall in love a little bit with this game is that it comes in this box. And basically, it gives you this big white pouch. Shall I go and get it? Hang on. Yeah, go on. Off he goes. Off he goes. So, yeah, so, so you get this. <laughs> I'm back. So, you get this big white, big white bag. That has Quirkle written on it. Ooh. Quirkle. And and you and basically you empty it out and in it you put all these one like like the best, like chunkiest Can you... proper wooden tiles. Ooh. They're wooden, yeah, yeah. Proper you... like wooden tiles. Can you tap them against the mic so I can just hear them? Okay. Yeah, that 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 feel that sounds like quality. That sounds like, like proper quality. like it's like proper quality, like I don't know why they don't do that more in board game reviews. Yeah, <laughs> the sound of the like yeah, if but you the, jangle the... the quality of the piece. You know what I mean? Like we talked about yeah. wing, we talked about wingspan. And we're like, oh, look at this art. Art is always the thing. It's always the thing that people always talk about. But you know what? The best thing about Splendor is the poker, the heavy poker yeah. chip yeah, yeah, gems. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's same that's with, same that with Azul as well. Mm. Yeah. So like that was the first thing that attracted me to it, and I was like. And I was sitting there and I put all these little tokens in a bag and the bag's quite chunky. There's quite a lot of tokens in there. And then I was trying to shove it back into the cardboard box <laughs> and try and close the lid on top. And, and Lisa was just like, just get rid of the, box. Rid of the box. Yeah, she's sensible. It, it took a bit of persuading, but eventually got rid of the box. And now everything just exists in this bag, which is, you know, another, another great reason because you can just shove it anywhere and you can just bring it out. So Quirkle, as we've already, as we've already expressed, all these wonderful, like, thick black uh, cubes that each have on them one of six shapes so there's like diamonds stars circles squares all this kind of stuff and one of six colors so there's like red orange yellow green blue purple nice i think we do we do actually have uh, a picture of this on our instagram as well that people can go and oh yes we do oh. yes right. i actually did I, I actually did play this i did play this on my decking and we did nearly lose a few oh, pieces for God's sake. fortunately they're so big yeah they were so big they kind of just bounced off anyway and so the idea of the game is that each player has six of these six of these tiles mm -hmm. and on your turn what you're essentially trying to do is to create a row which is either unique in color and all the same shape or unique in shape and all the same color does that make sense yeah makes sense okay so on your go, essentially, you're you're putting down how many tiles you can between one and six tiles to kind of like add on to someone else's line or complete someone else's line or make a new line your, yourself, which like Scrabble, everything has to connect to something that's already previously down. But unlike Scrabble, you don't have to be one of those assholes that knows all the two-letter <laughs> words and that can just like win a game. So the one thing that I, that I really love about Quirkle is, is that... You keep score as you play. So it's one of the very few games that I have 
where we're actively we've got a scoreboard going which ticks along in real time when you put down three tiles you get three points if you put down three tiles and that and that connects to a row that's already there then you get the amount of points that that tile has added onto so say you've created a new line that's three but you're you've added the fourth tile in a row that already existed that's three plus four that's seven points on your go mm-hmm. if you get a quirkle which is you finish basically a line of six then you get 12 points you double you get double that score so the essentially the idea of the game is is to get as many quirkles as you want and that's why we say it in that way because there's lots of there's just like that, that fun of either spotting a quirkle before your opponent does or like having sat with enough tiles like and you just pulled the one you need in order to make like and complete a row of six you're just like that's a quirkle it's it's an exceptionally satisfying feeling hmm. and yeah i mean this game is you know when you get a game and it's just like award winning like the best the best the best yeah. and you're just like yeah really but then you play it and just like yeah this is genuinely one of the best games like it like families dan like in a in a few years like this would be a game that i would wholeheartedly like say that you uh your little boy and your wife could play because it's like exceptionally easy to pick up but it just has those like it has all those wonderful moments that i look for for any board game which is like the sort of like peaks and troughs of like at one point you'll be like 50 points ahead but then all it takes is you to get a couple of quirkles and then you're like you're right back in it because how the how the game how the game manages its flow is if you're doing really well and like putting down five tiles at a time or four tiles at a time all you're doing it all you're doing there is making it easier for your opponent to put down less but then score yeah. more so it balances itself so wonderfully and you know the joy of sitting there in front of a group of like comparing it again to Scrabble, like the joy of sitting there and just trying to analyze this group of abstract objects and colors in front of you, I just find so much more appealing than looking at a tray of words and going, oh my God, I'm an absolute idiot. I can't even get like a four-letter word. Like Scrabble always makes me feel really, really dumb, whereas Quirkle makes me feel really, really smart and intelligent. And it's doing that with like the smallest amount of information and pieces. And I think like... It's just like one of those like wonderful little like yeah it deserves it's like there's not much more I can say about it because it just is that simple it's just like quirk. It um, sounds a bit sad. It reminds me a bit of ingenious. Yes, but yes. with but without a board. Um, you've got the almost quite similar colours and similar shapes. Also a spiel winner. This yes. one by Rainer Knizia, which I do own actually. Ingenious. It was actually when I got back into the hobby. Funnily enough, it was the first game I got. I was given it actually. Yeah. as a gift uh, I haven't played it for a while the one thing I'd say over Ingenious that I think Quirkle has is that like Ingenious I felt like when I played it um, it was very easy to get trapped into situations and very difficult to get out of those situations where in Quirkle it feels like you almost have these areas of the board where right I sort of lost that area here so now I'm going to start focusing over here or i don't want to start adding more shapes and tiles over this area where there's high chances that lisa might be able to get a quirkle so i can i'm going to start spreading things over here instead and like 
I love that flexibility that the game brings as well. And also, like, you need a decent table to play this on. And and because the tiles are so big and chunky, it starts very, very small, but then just ends up, like, dominating, like, your table. Because you need to be able to spread out in every single direction that, that you see fit. So it's like that wonderful, like, if someone just was to walk in, they just see this, like, lovely pattern of shapes and, and different colours all spread out on your table. And it's just... And just manipulating those those wooden tiles is just fascinating that's why it makes me think like it reminds me of my grandpa because already like the wooden tiles are starting to not in a bad i don't mean it's in a bad way but they're already starting to show like signs of like a little bit of wear and tear where they've just jostled a little bit of love a little bit of love where they've like jostled together with the bags or like you know as 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 you're sitting there trying to work out where to place your bits you just like you yeah, just like yeah. tap them against the table and like hit them against each other. I love, like that's the thing. I love that stuff. I love that. Like, and you get that with natural materials. I know these pieces will last for years and years and years. I'm, I'm expecting my own son to come along soon, and I love the fact that I've already got this like game in my collection. Like, no, I'm going to be able to introduce to him very early on. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's not even um, that early on. I mean, it'll take a little while before he can play like oh yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah in depth yeah, but... pattern based games. Uh, well, I mean, you say that, Dan, but he could be playing it. Doesn't necessarily have to be very good at it. Well, yeah, exactly. He can just play with the tiles. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Baby, he can play with the tiles. Like, <laughs> no, that's, that's lovely sensory. But don't expect to go, don't be sitting there saying, "Oh, come on, I just want a good game." Why don't you follow the rules? That's not how it's played. But the thing is that thing is that like you know, a broken clock's right twice a day. Like you know, yeah. like, ultimately, <laughs> he could be putting stuff down and you'd be like, <laughs> brilliant. That's that's a quirkle. Um, Nikki asks. Um, have you played any old games that you had forgotten that you really liked? Now, I'm going to take this question to mean, like, games that you played a couple of years ago rather than, like, old... Well, actually, no, I mean, maybe it's old games as well. Maybe it's things like Cluedo and stuff like that. But I kind of assumed that it would be about, like, I don't know, like, oh, you played that, like, I like my first board game, like, proper, proper, proper board game, modern board game was like Catan right so like that's yeah. like so like I kind of see that as old and uh it's like in my mind like those kinds of games but also I guess there's also those games like Cluedo and um um chess and backgammon and stuff like that yeah I mean I've I've I think I've definitely got a few and again I I toe that line between like games that I started playing when i first started getting into the hobby and then quick that i really really loved and then quickly got sidelined mm. and i when i go back to i remember how much i i love them i think the biggest example of which is probably magic the gathering mm. it, which is like constantly the game that whenever i play it after being away from so long i'm just like this is why i love this yeah. game this yeah. game is just incredible like and then i'll go out and buy like 10 booster packs yeah. and create a whole deck and never play it again for two or three years but yeah. like that feeling of rediscovery i think it's especially strong in magic because every time i come back to it a lot has already changed but not s- but not so much that it's no. unrecognizable. It's like it's like red red steel is a very aggressive deck, and like blue is very much about cancelling, and like you all these things. You're always like, yeah, this is kind of all the same thing, and then you know, and then you're like, ah, oh, but have you considered that there you can make an entire deck in this series out of dinosaurs? It's like, oh, well, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Or I'll or I'll pick up one of the decks that I built like two or three years ago 
and it's my like dinosaur and pirate deck and the story that i wanted that deck to tell rediscovering that again mm. is is an incredible feeling like i like magic is just this wonderful game that that manages to rekindle those feelings very very quickly even after leaving it for a long time mm. but like i've i've already mentioned that the games that my sort of that my grandpa introduced me to i played othello for the first time after years like decades and decades and decades and that is also a really sharp game um that i'd forgotten how satisfying that is to play like the idea of like capturing a line of tiles and then being able to flip flip them all over and seeing the effect that has on your opponent is very satisfying but i was like but i was thinking of like as you were saying about like old old games and most of the ones that i thought of have been bettered so i thought of like battleship because i played that it's a good game recently and i was just like well captain sonar is better yep and i played jenga i was like well go cuckoo and rhino superhero better Mm -hmm. but then on my stag do i played guess who for the first time in about six or seven years it had a particular theme sam didn't it (laughs) it did have a it was a it was a wwe based uh guess who man that's Uh, we did we did we did play it in quite a unique way but i thought when i was playing i was like this game hasn't really been bettered really other than social deduction games no one's really looked at guess who and thought I've got a better way. <laughs> I've got a better way. It still is a really fun, satisfying game to play. And as you get older, you yeah. really drill down on like, like we were playing it by via personality rather than <laughs> rather than actual facial features. It's, 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 I mean, original Guess Who is deeply unbalanced now. And like, I, yeah. I, 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 I oh, don't. Oh, f- I've got one of the free bold men. I've got <laughs> yeah, no chance. Are they wearing a hat? Oh. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, like, and 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 I definitely prefer the like uh, the wrestler theme because I thought that was that was quite fun. But the, I think the interesting thing about those old games is that like you're right, like they are bettered now, but they are the foundation. Like you can see yeah. the genetic lineage of Battleship in Captain Sonar, and without it, like there's absolutely no way. And it's like it's like video games in that way, right? Like you're constantly refining and refining and refining design because you know like yeah because i because i because i tried to think of video games and like i was like really tough because going back now to a video game is really really and like i felt because i replayed um the monkey island series oh yeah and yeah because they did the remaster yeah and you know that you could flip between both yeah both versions like the original and yeah. and i just stick i just stuck with the like the remaster version because i found it very difficult to and, to get along with it and that 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 one specifically is like a lot of those remasters you you know they they, they spruce up the visuals and you're like wow this is great and then and obviously the mechanics stay the same and it's like wow yeah. this is oh things have come on a long way since then like um, yeah, I, I find video games very difficult to. There's st- there is still some great stuff like you know like chess for example right like chess is just in its current in its current uh, but form. But I think I think but I think the Duke beats chess for me. But then but then I think what I think what separates video games and board games apart in terms of like revisiting something that's that's really old and you haven't played in a while is the fact that 
you're always going to be up against an opponent which you know will bring something new to that which will help you bring something new to that experience whereas a video game there's not that two-way there's not that two-way relationship like the thing you're experiencing has, has stopped developing or doesn't and doesn't have a personality whereas even though chess is the same game it's been for 3,000 years, you're a different person and the person that you're playing against uh, well, is a different person. Uh, well, actually, Sam, uh, chess has modified and changed over many years and the version of chess that we know today is actually only a few hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, I me and Chris mean, yeah. were, if me and Chris sit down and play, play chess, yeah. it would feel like I would it would feel like a better game to play sure. because I was playing it with Chris and we would bring be bringing yeah. something to that experience. When I played Guess Who at my stag do, because we changed it and developed it and added new rules and, and did it in a different way, mm. it was 10 times more fun than the last time I played it. Whereas if it was Guess Who, the video game, it would be the exact same experience I had 10 years ago than if I'd had it now because there'd be nothing else... Sam, changing that. Sam, experience. I think I think I think you just said the cutest thing I've ever heard you say, which is <laughs> when I played Guess Who, but WWF Guess Who or my stag do. <laughs> I think for me the the whole thing with the remasters and stuff. I remember having that sense of reminding myself how much I enjoyed the game with the Oddworld New and Tasty. I I mean I love the Oddworld games anyway, but later on they became the three D um, platformers and then yeah. kind of the diff- they they changed so much that going back to those original games reminded me oh wait yeah I really love these simple kind yeah. of semi two D kind of platformers. Um, recently actually very recently and I, I text you Pete about this. I just I don't know what I don't know why I did but I down I re downloaded the game Clash Royale on mobile oh. and it reminded me. Because a number of years ago, actually, wait, it was about four years ago, we played a lot of Clash Royale. Especially me and you, Pete, played a lot of Clash Royale. Mm. I think Sam and Chris, you may have played it, but not as much. Just me and Pete got into like a real kind we of into it. Yeah. battle um, of kind of one-upmanship. Yeah, and I, pl- I played a little bit of it recently, and it, it does. It I fell straight back into it in yeah. terms of how well it handles. And I don't usually like those games, but I really enjoyed that game until I've got to the point now where. Perhaps it's a bit more overt, or maybe I'm just willing to see it a bit more. But I can see when the game is kind of playing against me and kind of stopping sure. me from winning. And it's yeah, you, sure. I can see like I can go five games and being quite confident and winning, and they're just I'm about to win a prize. Suddenly I come up against someone who, every time I play a weapon, it plays the complete antithesis of that weapon to subdue it. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a little bit ropey, and I'm kind of like I, I I don't know why I didn't spot it before or didn't just like peek through the veil. It's the same thing though, isn't it? It's that same thing of like there are many, 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 many more free to play games that have have done a bunch of the stuff that Clash Royale did um, to to do the monetization. And because you play those as well, you went on and played a bunch of other stuff where you saw you know how free to play move forward. You see, you see more examples of that, right? Like you see, it isn't quite as sophisticated. Like the the way that they're monetizing you isn't quite as subtle and sophisticated anymore. It's just quite overt. And I think I think that's also the same with again with like different qualities of games. Like you see where the when you go further back in 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 games development, games become less subtle. 
Like there's in modern games, there are some really subtle things that board games and video games are doing to to manipulate you in certain ways, and uh, not in a negative way, just in a in a in a uh, you know either manipulating your your feelings or your um, how it wants you to actually interact with it or to kind of encourage you to play in a way that makes you learn the game shepherding you basically yeah yeah absolutely yeah some call it manipulating some call it shepherding um but um <laughs> but again like it's that same but and the, uh, the video games have it quite extensively whereby you know the um when you go back and you look at something like pong um i think the the one sentence that's on the side of the arcade cabinet is something along the lines of like um don't miss ball for high score like it's something like that it's like that, that's how it's delivering like this is how you win the game whereas modern video games are much much less like they're kind of subtly telling you what the win state of the game actually is and i think it's the same with board games right like you see a bunch of these very we think of board games now as very some of them as like very elegant like what that's a phrase of quality of certain board games now whereas like you go back and you play something like backgammon and there isn't really much elegant about that it's just you here are the rules and you will follow them and i think that yeah it's it's that sophistication as you move forward that you then notice when it's missing yeah, yeah. but i think ironically in those types of games that sophistication is has gone into its packaging its presentation sure. you can buy a really lovely chess set sure or you can get a really awful kind of themed chess set say, <gasps> for example simpsons shot i think in my in my office we had simpsons shot glass chess or something like that oh, something along I those lines that. and it was just like oh, oh it's all right man. though sam the rules have changed a bit over time <laughs> all right yeah that's cool they changed mid game <laughs> <laughs> But like, there's something about the um, like when you when you talk about like old like sophistication versus like the simplicity of older games. I think that's why I like going back to play older games where it isn't as complicated or as convoluted. It's yeah. just like this is how this is how you win, or like th- this is like the win state is just this one scoring pattern rather than yeah. you know like Great Western Trail where it's like well there's we're gonna or like seven wonders where you're doing a gcse exam after you after you play the game it's a bloody nuisance but like older simpler games keep a you know older and simpler for a reason and 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 it's quite nice to have that refreshing experience of just playing something a little bit simpler and a little bit more nuanced and pointed That was another episode of Staying In with Daniel Frost, Peter Willington, Sam Turner and myself, Chris Darby. Uh, First things first, I just want to apologise for the amount of times I say satisfying in this episode. I think it was about a billion in total. Uh, But seriously, do check out Goragoa. It's a great game from a great publisher and a real labour of love from its designer. And it genuinely is a satisfying experience. Uh, thanks also to Coiled Spring for giving us a copy of Pentago and our new favourite, Quirkle, which uh, if anyone who's been following Instagram, you can see that Dan has now bought a copy for himself and has shared it with his family. Thanks also to Nikki for her question. And if any of you want to pose something to us or even just recommend your favourite brand of antihistamines for Sam, just email us at stayinginpod at gmail.com. That's all one word, stayinginpod at gmail.com. Or alternatively, just reach out to us on your favourite social media platform. 
at staying in pod. Again, all one word has got you covered there. Anyways, till next time. Bye.